0: Good day, welcome to the Business Agora, a series of conversations aimed to be supportive in your business and your life, held with our community here at Workspace 365. My name is Michael Benson, I'm the CEO at Workspace 365, and I'm here with our community engagement lead, Al Jeffrey, who will be your host for a number of these conversations. Thanks, Michael. And thank you for joining us for the Agora.
1: Agora means the gathering or the exchange. And in these conversations, we hope to connect you with some of the humans of the Workspace 365 community, bring light to their stories, their insights into business, leadership, and well-being, and offer useful resources and tips for navigating business post-COVID-19. So let's dive in. All right, David and Kelly, thank you so much for joining for a Business Agora conversation. Um, I can see, yeah, hosie Lane in the background. Um, it's a, yeah, a lovely, live lively image. But I suppose just to contextualise our conversation, David, if you'd like to just share a little bit about where it is you're joining us from.
2: So I'm actually joining from home today out in the outer eastern suburbs, um, despite the background of Hosea Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and that background is actually, um, if you ever look at our website is the main picture on, on the front page of our website. Uh, and it's, it's an image that we use quite a bit in, um, in a lot of our material. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering, yeah, what, what is it about Jose Lane that um, you're connected <laughs> to as a business?
2: So actually, when we, when we designed our website, we are looking for images that probably um, beat the stereotype as an, of an accountant. Mm -hmm. Um, we're pretty keen to get images of Melbourne. Uh, And as we looked at different websites, a lot of the images are around the skyline of the city or pictures of the bay. So we're looking for something a bit different. Mm -hmm. We came across a number of images of Hosea Lane um, and just liked the the different feel it gave for our our website and for our image. Um, As we're looking to try and do something different in the area of forensic accounting, than we've done previously and than other other businesses are doing
1: yeah great yeah it really brings a tone of culture and really being grassroots and with with the people with the community not so much up in the air among the, the high rises
2: yeah and it creates a conversation when you get on a zoom here we go is really, which is really good and we've, we've almost become known for the the images of hosier lane we've got two or three of them that we use at different different times
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah Brilliant. And Callie, where is it that you're joining us from?
3: I'm also joining from home out in the eastern suburbs, but I will be back in the office later today. And we're normally based at 485 and Latrobe Street.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Lovely. And how long have you been at 485?
3: Uh, We commenced in December last year at 485. So it was very quiet there. Um, It was sort Mm -hmm. of at the, the start of everybody getting back into the city uh, after the uh, release from COVID and, and people sort of starting to get out of their homes and more into a workspace. So we've um, enjoyed watching it liven up as more people have come back into the workspace.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that is where I am joining the conversation from. Um, <laughs> full circle. So I asked this question before we clicked record, but um, yeah, I felt it would be useful to, to begin with it as well. How do you describe forensic accounting as a, as a practice um, for yourself, maybe we'll start with Kelly.
3: So, forensic accounting really is um, a lot like CSI, uh, but with numbers. So, we're not looking at blood spatters, but we're actually looking at the investigation behind numbers. And we'll mm. do that for a number of purposes. Uh, we do a lot of business evaluations, but we also do um, economic loss calculations and assessments mostly for um, litigation matters. So, uh, lawyers tend to be our main uh, referral base. And from there, we'll do um, calculations, assessments, and prepare reports for court matters. Uh, if the matter goes to court, we'll then provide um, evidence.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you were mentioning earlier that that's not so much the case as often.
3: No, you t- tend to find that most matters settle uh, so we will become involved um, in some matters through that mediation process or conciliation conferences, um, mm-hmm. if the parties require. If not, they've got our written uh, report, which effectively is our um, evidence in, in writing that they can rely upon.
2: Mm-hmm. We also we also review the reports of others quite mm-hmm. a bit as well, particularly if a client's trying to settle a matter, they'll get us they'll get us in the review of the report maybe write an alternative report or just provide some commentary. Uh, then they can go into the mediation with you know, full knowledge of what, what our opinion would be and then mm-hmm. try and settle it for their client.
1: Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I've never, I suppose, um, dove into the world of, of forensic accounting. Um, and <laughs> obviously it, it sounds quite uh, simple and crucial and important and such a big part of, I suppose, the, the business ecosystem and business management ecosystem. Um, I'm wondering how you found yourself in this space and yeah, what was it that led you to, to this? It seems like quite a, quite a niche. Um, and maybe we'll begin with David.
2: So my, my entry into forensic account isn't quite as planned as Kelly's was, but um, I, I got a phone call from a lawyer on a Tuesday afternoon, I think it was about two o'clock, asking me whether I could be in court the next day to give evidence. Um, so, I had never prepared a forensic accounting report. I'd never given evidence, but they needed an expert in a particular area to go to court and effectively give evidence on a report that had been prepared by somebody else just to show that it was, was, um, was appropriate. Um, and from that initial foray, uh, and in the, earlier we said we don't go into court very often, well, that, that was pretty much a court appearance. Um, And from that, I started to dabble in it a little bit. And then probably about 12 months, 12 months after that, I got a a specific role uh, working in forensic and valuations in Mm -hmm. in an insolvency firm. And that was pretty much from there. I've I've then developed over what's now about 21 years uh, in this space uh, across a range of different firms. Yeah. Yeah
1: wow a chance yeah a chance invitation can lead to a a lifetime of a career
2: i clearly did okay because they called me back about two weeks later to prepare a report for them so they must have been fairly happy with what i did even though on reflection i made every mistake possible when giving evidence but yeah must have done okay
1: yeah yeah lovely and kelly how about you sounds like it was a little more strategic
3: Yeah, my my journey into forensics was, um, yeah, a tad bit more strategic. So uh, I started off in just general mainstream accounting, uh, management account preparation, tax returns and audit. Uh, And then after doing our professional studies, which um, accountants will um, do after they've left university, um, I then looked to do some further studies and started a master's in forensic accounting. And I got about halfway through that um, master's degree which was um, through the University of Wollongong so there's a bit of travel off and back um, to Wollongong about halfway through decided that um, I really felt that that was an area that I wanted to explore more so on a day-to-day basis so I looked for a role um, in forensics uh, at that point in time and that's when I met David so I joined a firm um, that David was working with and worked in in David's team so that was about 15 years ago.
1: Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And then how long after then um, did you both start working together?
3: So we continued to work together for about a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the story probably um, moves to David now and your yeah. career changed, David. So, so if you want to take over from that
2: about, point. about 2015, I decided to do a little bit of things outside of accounting. Um, mm-hmm. So I did some work uh, in sport. I was president of Triathlon Australia for about three yeah. and a half years, and on the board for a long period of time. And uh, decided to use some of that um, that experience to consult with different organisations. Um, so I got involved in an event company um, that was starting up, and we ran some cycling events for a period of time. Uh, and after that, I got involved in, in a few different startups, um, just helping them out. In that initial phase of the business, uh, at the same time, I was still doing a fair bit of forensic work because I needed to earn an income um, mm-hmm. and wasn't getting much money out of the startup, so continued to that. And then, beginning of last year, I started to uh, look to venture more into the forensic space again and and pretty much work full time. And then, probably around July last year, Kelly called me. She was looking. Um, at some of our options and we decided to start forensic solutions in um, and we started in September last year in the Mm -hmm. in the middle of a COVID lockdown we decided to start a business which was (laughs) interesting um, and probably in some ways beneficial because we did things a lot differently than we would have necessarily if we started in a normal environment we Mm -hmm. focused a lot more on online now we we developed a Pretty reasonable website. We uh, focused a lot on LinkedIn, uh, and our corporate page on LinkedIn, and trying to get a lot of information through that. Um, and to that point, we've I think we're now up to about three hundred and eighty followers of our LinkedIn corporate page mm-hmm. in just on, only well, now seven months. So mm-hmm. yeah, we we focus differently, and probably as a consequence, save some money because we didn't need premises initially. We we couldn't go out and have coffees or lunch with people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty much off the Zoom, Zoom calls, no tele- telephone calls and um, just doing things differently. Yeah.
1: yeah. I suppose in many ways, I mean, many pre-existing um, organizations were kind of forced to go through a digital transformation. Um, yeah. And so for you, it was less of a transformation and more of a digital startup or upstart. Correct. Um,
2: Our first in-person meeting as a business was about four weeks after we started at Jones mm-hmm. Park because yeah. we, couldn't, we couldn't meet inside. We were yeah. outside, our, up until then, we were outside the five kilometer zone.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and at that point, I think we we're back to a 25 kilometer zone and we can meet in a park. So we'd have to meet
3: halfway and finally um, talk things over <laughs> yeah. face to face rather yeah. than <laughs> launching a firm um, purely over Zoom and, yeah. um, and electronically.
1: But in many ways, that sounds great, having a forensic accounting conversation in Jails Park. It's a perfect blend.
2: We should have all our management meetings at Jails Park, I think. Yeah, Yeah.
1: or in Hosea Lane.
2: (laughs) Or in Hosea Lane, or in Flagstaff Gardens. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I'm curious about, um, and David, you mentioned a bit about uh, Triathlon Australia. I'm not sure if you used to run or still do run, but I suppose... yeah, diving into a bit more of your hobbies and life outside of work. What is it that, that interests you and that you, I suppose, occupy any amount of time that you do have outside of work? But maybe we'll begin with Kelly for this one.
3: Uh, so I've got a couple of kids, so a lot of my time is spent with um, keeping them entertained at their various sporting events. Um, mm-hmm. But for myself, I'll catch up with um, friends and family, still try and maintain exercise as well. Um, do a bit of gardening do a bit of create have some creative outlets in um, various areas as well so yeah just mm-hmm. keep it try and keep it well rounded when we can yeah
1: yeah a bit of outdoors Great.
3: activity when I when we can as well I've just been camping last weekend in the cold and wet so um, yeah that was a bit of fun
1: <laughs> yeah catching um well I mean we've had a couple of days that were about 28 <laughs> or so the last remnants of summer the yeah. little fleeting summer that we did have
2: they weren't on no. the weekend, though, were they, Kelly?
3: They were not on Saturday and <laughs> Sunday down on the
2: Gravestone Gros- no.
1: Road. I can
3: guarantee you, we missed them by a day.
1: <laughs> Back with a soggy tent. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about you, David? Hobbies so outside of work?
2: Yeah, well, I'm pretty keen to sports. So mm-hmm. I am um, like most Aussie kids. I have played cricket and football as a as a young kid. Um, played football then through to when I was about thirty eight. But at the same time, in my mid twenties, took up the sport of triathlon, which was pretty much to try and keep fit over summer Mm. for footy season. Uh, But then started to get pretty serious in triathlon. So over, I think probably over about twenty-five years, competed um, locally, Uh, competed in the state, and then probably about three or four times I competed overseas uh, at the world championships in the amateur ranks. Um, And then in about 2007, 2008, I put my hand up to go onto the board of Triathlon Victoria um, to try and give back a bit to the sport. And then 2009 went onto the board of Triathlon Australia and was on the board then until about 2016 I uh, had about two and a half to three years as president, which as a consequence meant quite a bit of overseas travel mm-hmm. um, to different things and quite a bit of interstate travel. Um, probably part of the reason for the move I talked about earlier was as a consequence of that as well. Um, mm-hmm. But my triathlon career is pretty much over. My body said it's time to stop training all those hours, yeah. try to ride a bit. I'd swim a little bit. I don't run at all because mm-hmm. the body won't let me. Uh, and I've just actually, in the last six months, taken up golf again. So mm-hmm. I get out on the golf course, generally once or twice a week if I can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. The buddy- as, as
2: well as managing, as well as managing family, of course.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which can be another full-time. Not that I actually know just yet, but uh, I imagine it <laughs> yeah. can be a whole other full-time, I don't want to say job. It's it's, it's quite a, an honour uh, at times, uh, I imagine, as well. Uh,
2: uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, yes. It's interesting. Because it has mm-hmm. its
1: moments. Yes, um, we'll put it under the interesting umbrella.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got two kids. I've got an older... 22-year-old and an 11-year-old. So I've got a bit of the full se- spectrum in, yeah. uh, in that space. So um, yeah, we have lots of fun mm-hmm. doing a range of different things. Yeah. Brilliant.
1: Well, I'm curious, um, yeah, before we uh, begin to wrap up, I suppose any, from your line of work around a forensic, forensic accounting and I suppose the, the challenges that clients come to you with, if there's any quite simple snippets of advice or insight that you could share to those listening in um yeah in this space as a business owner things that that we could do to um either tidy up the numbers or make sure things are <laughs> where they should be um yeah any kind of common challenges that you see people clients coming to you with that could maybe be easily avoided um so
2: there's probably a couple of areas that I'll talk about one One is to understand the value of your business and understand where the value comes from and what you need to do to improve the value or increase the value um, is one aspect. And you now we, we tend to get involved at the other end when we're trying to assess the value, but it's really a matter of business owners shouldn't underst- should understand where the value comes from for their business um, and what the value of their business is. Mm-hmm. number one and number two make sure you get proper advice around your financials. If you don't understand financial statements, um, make sure you get proper advice from you know, experienced accountants and I've, mm. you know, we can both talk about lots of different matters where we've seen financial statements prepared by accountants who uh, probably are at the other end of experienced or qualified mm-hmm. uh, and it causes all sorts of problems so make sure you're getting good advice from highly qualified people
1: yeah yeah anything that you would add to that kelly
3: and i think for um particularly in the types of matters that we do um we're finding that if a client can um, get us involved a lot earlier in the matter so rather than them going the full or you know fair way through their the litigation um, along that pathway to get us involved early uh, we might be able to assist them with preparing preliminary reports, um, which will save them um, some of the cost of litigation that's involved and to give them sort of more of an understanding of where their matter is at before they sort of head too far down the track as well. So we're doing a lot of those preliminary um, sort of initial or um, indicative reports in the first instance.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. So understand your valuation yeah understand your your finances and accounts work with a uh, an experienced accountant and yeah get advice early
3: yep reach out early
1: yeah great awesome well thank you very much for joining for a conversation what's the best way for people to reach out and to be in touch with uh, forensic solutions
3: Probably via our website. All of our contact details are there. So, both phone number, emails, and LinkedIn. So, we're obviously across LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, but our website as well.
2: Forensicsolutions.com.au. It's, uh, it's pretty Thanks, simple. It's <laughs> <That's Yep>. okay. Or <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, we'll just do a search on Google forensic solutions. It, um, it should come up pretty, pretty high in the, uh, in the search list.
1: Yeah, and we'll also put it in the show notes so you should easily be able to just click on the link. Excellent. Um, And it sounds like also following your business page on LinkedIn would be a good idea. Yeah,
2: yeah, connecting with us on LinkedIn or or following the page or or both, whichever whichever suits.
1: Great. Well, thank you again. And I look forward to seeing you around 485 um, and yeah, wishing you a a great rest of the week.
3: Thanks, Al. Thanks for having us on the podcast.
2: Thanks, Al.
1: Thank you for joining us for another Agora Conversation and we trust you took
0: away something useful. Thank you, Al. That's right. If you are already a member with us, we look forward to seeing you in an office or an event really soon. If you aren't a member with us, we'd love to welcome you to one of our centers across Melbourne, South Melbourne, Footscray and Torquay very soon. Please be in touch and call us on 1-800-WORK-NOW or on the web on, at www.workspace365.com.au.
1: We look forward to continuing to connect with you and you with our community here at Workspace 365. We'll see you again shortly.